know, we've started the process and listen, a black it's donor hard. with good health is hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that looked like something. It's that, hard to yes. find. That looked like something. Major key. It's or hard. they have at least or at least five nine. Like <laughs> Seriously, because that's 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 the criteria. Wow. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of black LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. We are here with an extremely special guest, some OGs to the LGBTQIA space. So we're going to get into it. We got the we got Call Us the Paces, Jessica, Sam with us. Y'all go ahead and tell the people who y'all are. Man, like she said, we are Call Us the Paces. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Sam, my lovely wife, and I'm Jessica. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We we are calling us the base. Yeah, y'all call us the bases. you know, <laughs> like a trilogy. So, um, since y'all are both here together, we'll start with you know how long you guys have been together, kind of how you guys started your platform, and then we'll kind of go into your independent uh, journeys. You got it. Go oh for gosh. it. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay, so we have been together um, a little over like nine years in total now. So crazy to say that. Um, it's crazy. We met back in shoot 2009, actually, but we weren't dating back then. We were just uh, cordial, cordial because we weren't. I ain't even gonna say friends. We you weren't. Know? <laughs> we weren't. Let it be known we didn't even like really care for each other, to be honest. But yeah, we um, known each other since 2009. Started dating in 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, started dating. Uh, we got. I proposed in uh 2015 mm-hmm. um got married in 2016 mm-hmm. and that's when we started our youtube channel um yeah. literally our wedding video was the first video we ever put out mm-hmm. um it got so much traction it really it did. got some hate oh, but it got yeah. so much love at the same time too yeah um and i feel like we wanted to get on the platform um youtube number one just because like we wanted to show this is normal yeah. as well. Like it's not just normal for us, but there are so many other people out there that need to see their representation yes. and say like, this is okay for me to be who I am and love who I am and be like proud about it to tell the word about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we started our YouTube journey then, um, started going through the process of trying to have a little one mm-hmm. and baby was it rough oh man um rough. yeah it was yeah, hard to get into that for sure Ooh, yeah <laughs> but yeah that's I mean that's how we started social media like literally as soon as we got married we were like I love you so much we got to tell the world about it <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah that's how it starts for sure and uh yeah. no I definitely uh you know y'all y'all want to learn more about them see more of their videos they are call us the paces on pretty much every platform, right? Y'all are yeah, call us the paces. You have YouTube, IG, everywhere. Um, super transparent. I think you guys have a, a great like balance of like showing the real and then showing like you know keeping things private because I think there are some things that you know you just ain't your business, quite frankly, right? right? right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as as it relates to 
um, being black, being queer, you guys are very transparent about those things and like kind of the, the, um, the, you know, navigating what comes with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll start with you, Sam. Um, let's go back to the beginning and talk about, uh, the first, like your first encounter with your sexuality. So when was the first time you kind of knew, like, I might like girls. Spicy. So <laughs> we go we look we getting right to it okay yeah, i know no, y'all got a toddler y'all got to go so yeah. we gonna we gonna get in here get it up get it done all right i haven't talked about this in so long so but i remember i was like in the seventh grade and i would always be like i would always look at girls and i'd be like oh she's so pretty and i'm like you know i want to be a friend but then i didn't know what it really was like nobody was that I was around was like gay. So I didn't know until this one girl in seventh grade, she was like, I'm bisexual. I was like, what? You bisexual? What's that? What's that? <laughs> she was like, I like girls and boys. I was like, huh? Like you do? That's a and thing. And so that was like confirmation for me. I was like, oh my goodness. Like there's really somebody else out there that likes their, you know, the same sex or whatever. So that was seventh grade, eighth grade. I had my first little girlfriend. <laughs> And like, it's so crazy because y'all, I was like legit living a whole double life, uh, like all throughout, like, like from eighth grade up until college, like I legit lived a whole double life. I up was until like, me. up until you. Yeah, yeah. I did not come out until she me. was like, look, if we're going to be together, you need to tell them because this ain't for play play I'm right no here. Secret. Jessica, Jessica got the sauce. She was I like, yo, secret, okay. And you know, I, I ain't in nobody's I closet hello <laughs> yeah because i was like my friend and all this mm -hmm. other stuff friend okay friend <laughs> this is my best friend yeah know, but it was so yeah. hard because like my best friends in high school both of them were gay and um one of them was a bit more masculine and i would just hear the things that my parents would say it wasn't nothing bad but you know it was always it's a phase you know but at the same time it was kind of supporting and i just didn't know how they would take it from me and so i was kind of like oh you know i just didn't say anything until she literally was like look you gotta say something and i told my mom i got on the phone i said mom um i i, I think i like girls and i might have a girlfriend and she <laughs> which and means I, mom I like girls and I have a girlfriend and I have a girlfriend <laughs> yeah. and she just got so quiet on the phone and I mean it was awkward for a period because she went through this whole stage of like where did I go wrong what did I do is it because you play basketball oh that was you know how that goes so yes indeed down her whole like rabbit hole rabbit hole talking yeah. to family and stuff like that and you know it just became a point in time where they just got to see our relationship and our love and they just accepted it, accepted me, they accept her. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, dang, I should have been there. Right. Like, it took so long, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all figure it out. What about you, Jess? I, let me tell you something. So I'm like, <laughs> it's a little different. It's different because I like grew up deep in the church, like choir, singing every Sunday, Wednesday, choir rehearsal, like all of that, you know? So um, for me, I don't think I really like had a realization um, until high school, like my senior year, my senior year of high school. Now I peeped, like, I wouldn't like look, but I would feel a way, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if it was like a protective thing, but I could tell it was different 
with how I moved, but then I had a friend um, and we, it was my best friend. And I don't know, I just felt, I like literally like going to the bathroom sometimes to be like, what the, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why, why do I feel this way towards like her? Like this ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was so in my head that that's not okay. That I couldn't really like comprehend what was going on. Um, so uh, the coming out thing, Lord have mercy. That was, I didn't really get to come out. My parents kind of like peeped the relationship between myself and my best friend who at the time truly was my best friend. We hadn't done anything, voiced anything or anything like that. Um, they pushed me out. They was like, well, y'all don't, y'all aren't the same type of friends as your, fr- your friend over here. So, and it just pulled me out. I never got to say, hey, I'm a lesbian. I didn't get to say that. So, um, but I mean, I was pulled out and I ain't never gone back in, you know? Yeah, hey, so, once you out, since we out here, let's just get it let's done, do right? It so your best yeah. friend, you you guys weren't, uh, you guys weren't like, you guys weren't intimate at all. Like you weren't. The most we would do is like, you know, sit yeah. beside each other, like lay your head, like we watch a movie, like lay on each other type of thing. But like, it was never like we kissing, like it was never none of that. But, Until yeah, but you were slick committed without I was. unknowingly I didn't being know. committed. <laughs> like I really didn't know like what was going on. My friend had had encounters with females before. Mm-hmm. I never did. So like I don't know. I just was. She was waiting know. on you. She was like, "Look, I know." We right. Know. She like, "I'm just that friend stone." She was like, "I'm gonna just, like, like, I'm yeah. just lay yeah. over here in the cut till she, you know." I already oh, know. I'm just waiting on her. <laughs> exactly. I wish I would have walked away, but you know, ooh, <laughs> you know, we rough. all got those yeah. relationships. Yeah. Look, all, everybody served their purpose. So if she wasn't for right. nothing but to help you, you know, come out, that's that's, that's all we gonna get from that. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, y'all got together in college, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yep. so y'all didn't like each other. Y'all no, on the same man. basketball team. Yeah. What was the? What was the? You know, what was oh, that story right, right there? she's from detroit I'm just from detroit and she had that um northern northern attitude like i'm gonna look at you like i'm from jersey so y'all got that i get it i get it i, get I, it. I wasn't used to like the whole like southern hospitality people just being like genuinely nice and sweet you know you from up north and it's always like i hate to say you watching your back but it's yeah. always like you know you you kind of tough on the exterior mm-hmm. a little bit so mm-hmm. she was tough and I wasn't for it I was like girl I don't have to talk to you like, like we don't have to be friends you know right. like where are you from I'm from Tennessee Nashville oh, okay you from Nashville yeah okay. I'm from Nashville mm-hmm. so you know I'm hey how you doing <laughs> like you know I wanna what's up but I'm like uh what's what you, what you what but you we want? ended what up want? bonding <laughs> yeah off our messed up relationships like we did bond off of that we would always be like why are we with these terrible people that treat us like crap like literally mm-hmm. like drunk nights in college we'll be sitting on the couch like drinking like oh you still doing that uh-huh. oh why you still putting up with that I don't know why you still putting up with that like it was a bond literally off of that mess yeah literally yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, didn't get, we still didn't get together at that no, point though still didn't get at the point it wasn't nothing like literally we it took three years it took three years yeah yeah for us to even acknowledge yeah. a potential situation mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and so when y'all did at that point sam you were still uh in the like you weren't fully out to your parents so y'all mm-hmm. had this relationship it was like yo we not doing nothing in the closet we coming out let's get this done 
And so then from there, you guys go on to live your life. Where'd you guys go to school at again? Uh, so the first school, the school we met at was UT Martin. Um, and right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then we both transferred um, to the school called Cumberland University. It's in, it's like 45 minutes away from Nashville. Okay. So, yeah. so at the yeah. school, y'all stayed out in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how is being uh, queer in the South, in Tennessee? I know there's some parts where like, you have like your Houston and you have Atlanta. Mm-hmm. How's, how's uh, Tennessee? It's ugly. I feel like Nashville is just like so, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. There really isn't a big community here. Yeah, there there isn't really a community. I feel like when we go out, I don't I don't want to say we get like stairs and whatnot, but we also we aren't like the overly PDA type mm-hmm. of couple. So yeah. like I'm sure if we were, we would get a oh, lot yeah, um, of stairs and whatnot. Um, but it's not one of those states where you feel like extra caught extra safe. Mm-hmm. I'm like extra I could I say paranoid when like she going out, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah just being aware of your surroundings because just being black females even if we weren't lesbian you know it's a it's a safety risk honestly you know you never know what kind of thoughts yeah. these people are having like um it's not comfortable if I'm being completely honest yeah. just me going up here like yeah it ain't comfortable for me it's yeah. so crazy like whenever I go out somewhere and I see somebody that's gay I'm like oh my gosh family I'm like <laughs> Hey, hi. Like, like, the, like that one black coworker at the office, you'd be like, it'd be the janitor, yes. funny and cute. You'd be like, yes. you, you, Come they, on, they treat you all right over there? All right. No, for real. Like, seriously. seriously. That's how yeah. it is. That's kind of crazy. So, is there any parts of um, Tennessee at all that are like black, even? I mean, Memphis. Memphis. Well, Tennessee, Memphis. Memphis is, mm-hmm. but Memphis is not well, Memphis, safe. Yeah. yeah. You know, listen. <laughs> I mean, Nashville okay, has like their parts. They, yeah, they got okay. a couple of gay clubs. Um, you know, they do the, they have a pride event every year, but I mean, that's like the only time that you'll actually like just clod and just mm-hmm. be, you know, in the atmosphere. I will say like the black community in Nashville, like over the past couple years yeah they're trying to like do more to create mm-hmm. that community yeah. space and all that stuff like that so but we like we live like 45 minutes outside of the city so we don't really go there often um but they are trying to do more which is good yeah yeah, yeah. so then with that uh so okay so then you your journey to have a baby right yeah and we'll get into it i know i've watched most of the videos so i know like some of the challenges like the hospital situation and just like all of the different things but when you guys started that process trying to find like healthcare providers and you know all of those things how was that for you like and even in the beginning like when you're like okay we're gonna try to have a kid like who's gonna be our healthcare providers was like what were those conversations and how did you guys arrive at the decisions that you initially made um I remember when we first started we watched a lot of YouTube like to try to find similar couples and we did uh find one couple on there that was from Nashville um and they actually went to the the clinic that we used Mm -hmm. um and like I feel like that kind of made us lean more towards that clinic specifically um and we've literally been with them from the jump. Yeah, because literally it's only two options. There's only two options. So mm-hmm. yeah. for, for, for uh, infertility? 
mm-hmm. like places there's only two options there's at all period two. yeah yeah um and the one we went to like we never I did you ever feel away I don't I don't ever I didn't ever feel away um of course you know there's the forms and things like that that are like father and mm-hmm. you know mother or um husband and wife those type of things but like that didn't really make me personally feel away just mm-hmm. because like I know we're in Tennessee and I know that's what comes with it you know um but we only had two choices yeah so yeah. that was the better of the two yeah yes. so at, at the beginning did you um uh Jess did you go through the process of like so for your daughter did you have to adopt her or were you able to sign as the secondary parent because I know here in California like we've started like kind of gathering the information for starting our family so California mm-hmm. you can I can just be the other parent mm-hmm. I, can, I don't have to like adopt but we were looking through all of that stuff yeah. to try to figure out like okay like how does this work because if mm-hmm. you know god forbid but we know that we know the the healthcare disparities and like things that happen to to mothers that don't get the proper care and it's like god forbid something were to happen at the birth yeah like how am i able to kind of supersede this yeah um, so what's that in tennessee for you for you um so i was able to sign the birth certificate okay. as a father but um, i will say we definitely took our marriage certificate with us yeah to the hospital we did just in case you know there was some issues no we got our paperwork right here yeah <laughs> and um so i we are going to go through the second parent adoption process just to be safe because yeah. you never know like with these laws they're coming mm-hmm. up with like they the change every day mm-hmm. florida about them don't you can't say stuff about yeah. you don't know. say gay I think yeah that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. just yeah. just to cover yeah cover myself us as a unit you know what i'm saying like yeah it's no it's critical cool. that that documentation because i think you know because especially when you come from when you have families that are not a hundred percent supportive. Like if something were to happen to the birth parent, like you wouldn't mm-hmm. want the family trying to come in and like, yeah. exactly. So yeah, like that yeah. documentation, while it's not fun, is necessary. Necessary. Yeah, necessary. for sure. Yeah. Okay. So donors, I remember you guys talked about the donors. And again, I, you know, we've started the process and Listen, a black donor with good health is hard. It's hard to find. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That look like something. It's hard to find. That look like something. Major key. Or they have at least are at least five nine. Like seriously, (laughs) because that's 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 the criteria. Wow. No, you sound like my partner. So we were um we did secure a donor and it was like, okay, it started out as okay, he went he needed to be six foot or over. We wanted them to be light skinned because she's brown. Like we kind of look like you guys, like she's a little bit more brown than me. So she's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe be a little light. If you yeah. out with them, then like, we ain't got to worry about like people, yeah. you know, whatever. So then it was like, okay, good health. Like uh, we wanted them to be African-American, not like, you know, some, you know, off the diaspora trying to get an African-American. It yeah. was like this laundry list of things. Yeah. Then you know, you find a donor that, that looks good. Okay. But he got sickle cell trait. Okay. Can't do that. <laughs> Look, then you find another one and he got spina bifida. And spina it's like, bifida. Yes. It's so many things. Talk about y'all's process of trying to find a donor. <laughs> it was hard. It, it was hard. We actually had three in donor, total, three donors in total. Yeah. And I will. We had the criteria for the height. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the health was definitely most important. So like that canceled out a lot of people. I mean, we would find one person and then we're like, oh, let's look at their health history. Oh, may have blindness, maybe born (laughs) without eyes. Like what? Like some of those genetic mutations were like scary. It was real scary. It was was real scary. Um, But like, luckily for like when we did our IVF cycle, we was like, look, we are going to take our time. We're going to look through every single every bank uh, every bank and we're just gonna like just we we gotta look and it was a new donor and he was new he met all the boxes perfect health height african-american like educated every, educated family yes. health was clear yes. like and, everything was and everything even had a great. bonus remember we was like man if we could find somebody that got like people that can sing in their family because she sings and so like we he got somebody, singers. He got singers in his family. It was like, oh my God, like you are perfect. Where did you come from? So, yeah. Sorry, that's our dog snoring. No you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Okay, so, okay, so you have your beautiful daughter, Palmer, who is the star who has officially taken now. over all of your social media. Yes. She yeah. is a star. Yes. <laughs> and is a star. Um, but it was a journey to get to Palmer. It was. So let's go back to the beginning of that process and going into it. Um, you guys can talk about just, you know, you started with IUI and just kind of work through to when Palmer was born. Okay. 2017. Man, yeah, it was 2017. It was 2017. Um, yeah, that year was rough. I think we did three IUIs that year. So we started with you. Oh, yes, I with me. <clears throat> um had did three IUIs that year they all failed we were like look we're gonna take a break we gonna mentally mentally regroup. regroup get it back together I think the next year we did three more yeah and we so like we started out we didn't we weren't telling anybody oh, um yeah. what was going on because like you know we wanted to pop out surprise everybody Ooh. oh we're pregnant but like it kept going on and on and we like and what's up you, that it, it is so hard that two two week wait gets longer and longer every time you try and it was it was rough I had six failed IUIs and at that point I was like look I am done I'm yeah. not doing this no more like it's taxing it, it was it was rough and it was hard for me like to see her go through it because like there's nothing I can do um, to help to change it like none of that and then like there was nothing like test wise wrong you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like she was fine so like I can't like say like oh you can do this you know like there was nothing I could do so like to try to I was trying to like encourage her like babe it's okay it's just not our time it's not your body your body's fine like you know mm-hmm. that was hard to like see her really like struggle with that mentally um and then to actually like start it myself, I was like, I didn't want her to feel like I'm trying to take over or something yeah, like yeah. it was just, it was hard. Um, so I went through uh, four, four, four cycles of IUI and failed all yeah. of them. All of them failed. Now this, this, these 10 cycles happened over the course of three years. Mm-hmm. Were these all with the, how many donors when you got well, like, IUI? When I had my six, it was two donors. Cause she, it was like, okay. look, yeah, <laughs> she did. It was two donors and I used the second one. Mm-hmm, yeah, I used the second the donor. Second mm-hmm. the, we did two cycles with the first donor mm-hmm. and then the rest were with the same one. Okay. Um, 
and then the last. So after my final um, cycle of IUI, uh, fertility benefit, benefit through our job, my job kicked in, which um, provided coverage for IVF and whatever we wanted to do. Medications. Everything. So everything. like literally during Praise the little- Praise God for good healthcare. Woo, let me tell hello. you I need. Hello, because <laughs> it's not it's it's not just equally available out here. So mm-hmm. we're thankful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that benefit kicked in, and like literally during the two week wait, I made the appointment. Like we made the appointment to start a consultation for IVF as soon as her benefits kicked it's in, like the day I, after. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like December. while it's available. No, and we did decide to come scoop it up. <laughs> Seriously nice. though, you mm-hmm. never know. Yeah. And so we did the IVF. We started um our IVF process. What we, year was that? Two thousand nineteen. It was nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. Started. It was November no. twenty eighteen. Yeah, look, look, it's meshing. Okay, look, mm-hmm. we had her in 2020. November of 2019, we started, we did the consultation. Remember? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So yeah. we got started at the beginning of 2020 before yeah. the pandemic yeah. because we thought we weren't be able, we weren't going to be able to do the transfer because it was like right when they was possibly about to shut down all like medical, unnes- medically necessary yeah. like non-emergency care like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so we were like oh my god it was march the 30th yeah we so we did an egg retrieval on valentine's day oh nice. that's so sweet that was super cute um and then we did the transfer on march the 30th mm-hmm. yep yeah march 30th when we had her march the 30th november 30th yeah. of 2020 yeah and you know we were just like I remember taking that pregnancy test and we took it early. I, we shouldn't have, we should have waited. And like, I was so impatient. I just looked at it. And of course it was early. I don't know why I was expecting it to be like a strong kind <laughs> of pump. And I'm like, it was faint. I, it was I, like I, invisible. You had to like, I was literally like tilting it <laughs> in the like, she, she thought it was over with. I was yeah, like, uh-uh. yo, I threw it no. and I walked out the room. I was like, I'm, I'm done. Oh man! Oh my God! It didn't work, and I'm like, no, it's the life right there, baby. I'm like, no, I see you're it. Looking too hard. It ain't nothing there. It was there. It, it was, was there. there, and now she's here. And what uh, day was that? April uh, the fifth. Yeah, I think it was yeah. like April fifth. Like how many days after your uh, <gasps> five? Day five. Oh yeah. We was just. <laughs> I was like, yeah. girl. How long are you supposed to wait for for IVF? Two, two weeks, 10 days? 10 days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Half, I mean, halfway, just a little mid-check-in. Just like, let's yeah, just see what's like, going I'm on. Pregnant, I'm pregnant. It's going to yeah. show up. <laughs> right now. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So, man, that's, that's, that's beautiful. So, the cost. Because 10 IUIs. <laughs> oh, that was ugly. That was ugly. That was Shoot, ugly. All I got to say is by the time we got finished with IUI, we should have just did IVF from the big beginning. With all the it. money that we spent, all the uh, sperm we bought, paying for storage, all the appointments, the procedures, the medications, like it was roughly like what fifteen hundred per cycle. Yeah, roughly fifteen hundred per cycle. And that's before insurance oh, right. was a was kicking in. Yeah, so fifteen hundred for the cycle, but then how much like for the sperm is like sperm another, was like it was a thousand most of the yeah. time for mm-hmm. a good bank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the sperm and the shipping of the sperm, which is extremely expensive. And the storage. And the storage of the extra vials that you buy because you're like, oh, it works. We're going to have sure more kids. Don't run out. You know, like, yep. 
Lord have mercy. Yeah. yeah, so we probably spent like what, at least 20K, if not more. Yeah, I'd say like around 20K over the course of three years. That is insane. That's ridiculous. What Anything that for your babies. That's right. Anything, seriously. That's right. Anything for your babies, you know? Because it's working now. Yeah. Well, all I got to say, because when I see, um, you know, people who have like known donors and they kind of like, they, they figure out how to, you know, I'll be like, listen, you, you, you got to understand how much this costs. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. however you got to make it happen, you got to make it happen. Got to do you it. Know? Yeah. So I, Hey, I, I, I love it. Um, man, that's awesome. And so then IVF roughly is like how much, because I mean, obviously you guys had the insurance, but like roughly how much is IVF just for perspective, like IUI, you know, less, less invasive, less, mm-hmm. um, you know, more natural as they say, yeah. but the, the percentage rate is lower than IVF, yeah. but in perspective, IUI is like, you know, a couple thousand dollars. IVF is like how much a cycle? I just calculated, and I think our cycle, everything was like close to twenty-eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, twenty-eight k, one cycle. Yeah, yeah, for perspective, for people. It's like we got we got a one bill in the mail. Just what what was was for the the retrieval? retrieval, And the retrieval was like eighteen k. Eighteen k. Yeah, just for the retrieval. Yeah, the balance due said zero. I about cried. Yes. Praise oh. the Lord for health insurance. He's able for uh, IVF. You go through you. Is it one retrieval that you do, and then you do implantation? Like you could do implantation multiple times, depending on how your cycles go. But you just do one retrieval. So the goal is to do one retrieval because mm-hmm. um, you pretty much are injecting yourself with those meds to try to get as many eggs as possible as you can so I think I got like what 32 she was an egg queen wow yeah I had a lot of eggs I got 32 mm-hmm. and um that was really good and so so they retrieve the 32 eggs and then they fertilize it with the sperm mm-hmm. and they go through um like a five-day period mm-hmm. of fertilization to see which ones make it you know into um embryos mm-hmm. and so she had I think you had 12 total make it to the final stage and yeah. then we sent them off for testing yeah to see if they were chromosomally it was like too many it was i mean 12 embryos well i mean we wanted to get them tested yeah 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 so um to see if they were like chromosomally, chromosomally sound yeah normal and six six were regular so 50 50 nice. split and so those are stored and then we do the transfer mm-hmm. um and then you know hopefully you only have to do one yeah um it worked so we only we only had to do that one you know so yeah nice that's dope so those uh those other ones if at any point you guys want to have more kids you can just you can use those mm-hmm. and have more kids with so mm-hmm. six kids okay six <sighs> pace babies we were literally just talking about this other day like, baby like, <laughs> what do we, we gotta got, do we got five kids in the freezer right now like <laughs> five kids yeah in and then <laughs> waiting on us and then i want to do a retrieval too mm-hmm. so oh wow going okay to do i'm retrieval. going to do a retrieval mm-hmm. So, um, that's going to be more mm-hmm. that we go. So that's a, that's a thought to like, what do we do with the embryos we choose not to use? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's one of like the toughest, like after parts of it. It's like, dang, like I do have a, I got a lot of embryos, but what, what are we going to do with the yeah. rest of them? You know, yeah. you can donate them. If you yeah, want. I was going to say, what do people do with them? They donate them like again, yeah, to people who are like women who can't have mm-hmm. uh, like, egg, who don't have eggs and, and things like mm-hmm. that. They do embryo adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can donate them to science, science if you want to if you wanted to like it's a a number of different little avenues that you can use so they're not just like sitting there i guess yeah, yeah. wasted that's pretty, cool. yeah. that's pretty cool so to go back a little bit um talk about like so three years right of going through the process what kind of toll does that take on your relationship you know what I feel like make you stronger kind of like what you know the emotional like, journey of that like how does that how did that for you how did that translate for you guys um as you guys were going through that I feel like it um I'll, I'll speak for myself I feel like it made us stronger um because somebody like it up but um because we literally like didn't have anybody in it with us you know what I'm saying it was just us like going through it and not really um sharing that with anybody and then no when way. we finally did like they don't really understand it no you know our family they don't really get it you know what I'm saying like we to have people like say like oh I wish I could carry for you you know like people who are in like a heterosexual relationship and have mm-hmm. had kids before like we don't need we don't need that you know mm-hmm. but like we could just lean on each other you know because we are literally going through this together we want the same thing um mm-hmm. I don't know for me it strengthened us how did you feel babe yeah I definitely you know think the same thing it it was good I will say of course the toughest transition was that part where it was like I had finally given up mm-hmm. and it was like there was joy on the other side of like yes like you know we will still have a baby I do hope my wife is pregnant but it's that little thought in the back of your head like dang like if she got pregnant why couldn't I get why pregnant yeah you know that was scary for me too like, <laughs> but, but I was of course I was rooting for you I know you were but it, in the back of my head I'm like is she gonna feel like I don't know you not, know it's not a way towards you a way towards yeah, me exactly oh right yeah, yeah, like yeah. I didn't want you to like have doubt in yourself because it did work for me so that was always like that was in the back of my head too so yeah, yeah. but I, it was it was definitely like strengthening more than anything because yeah. we had to talk to each other and we were always considerate of each other yeah. throughout the process like even if it was one of us going through it like mm-hmm. we always made sure to always checking yeah I didn't feel by myself I didn't feel alone either (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um so Sam what advice do you have to partners who are not carrying both of you guys really can answer this question because you have the unique perspective that you both have tried to uh, conceive so what advice do you have for the supporting spouse and then supporting spouse Jess what's what advice do you have for from that perspective um I mean just be there you know like just be present you know I know it's 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 crazy because it's like I know you're not carrying this child I know this child is not biologically yours but you being present and you know just being involved it just makes everything just like seamless. It doesn't, you know, nothing is a bother or nothing like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Just being present really. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For me, I would say just like she said, be present. Um, But also um, never forget your mental space. Like don't neglect how you're feeling. Like be be open uh, with your partner about how you're feeling um with things because at the end of the day 
they need you to be open and receptive to what you know is going on so um yeah I I don't know I feel like it, it works very well our communication I, is I it, know it wasn't really just be there um be transparent <laughs> um and I don't know be excited like don't hold anything back yeah because you I'm sure your partner is going through a lot you know <laughs> um but also like like I said don't neglect yourself because it's a lot for you also so yeah what uh how how's your family been with um the baby coming out were there any people that kind of you may have had a more distant relationship before you had her that were more present or wanted to be more present after having her I don't think so no Not I feel me. like no I was gonna say I feel like no it's a little different for me because I'm literally my immediate family is still in Michigan so mm-hmm. um if anything it's I've talked to my family more since I've had her which is really good you know um so yeah it's been on the plus side for me yeah I mean we <laughs> live by my people so you know and on, on the on the flip side of that it's changed my relationship with my mother um mm. just because like the things that I used to let slide I can't anymore um because I wouldn't do some of those things to my child you know what I'm saying so it, it has changed that relationship for me and my mom um yeah. I just hope my parents to a different standard now because I have my own so mm. yeah yeah um yeah no that's 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 it um <laughs> what about boundaries have you had to talk about uh, different boundaries with your family and then also in terms of uh, raising your daughter right you guys we, we all grow up different and mm-hmm. have like those hypothetical conversations about like how you'd raise your child right or like you see yep. people on the street and you'd be like oh, no, I, I never do that I, has any of those <laughs> Sam I caught that look um have any of those things changed for you guys since since you had her what you think I think um I feel like some have like, um, I feel like for one, the pandemic just made everything just like magnified, magnified, you know, like it was already, we already knew that we wanted to be fully present in her life. And that meant like, oh, you're not just, I don't want to say it like that, but you're not just about to come and pick up my child and have her stay the night. You know, we wanted to just have her with us all the time. We we knew that's what we wanted. So the pandemic kind of made that easier, but then it kind of made it hard because, you know, we wanted people to be around, but they necessarily couldn't be around. Mm -hmm. So that aspect was a little uh, weird. And then, you know, the part about um, uh, doing things that we didn't think we would do, like, I I mean, I had like some crazy things. I'm like, oh, she's not going to play with any toys that light up or whatever. Uh, She's only going to have Montessori toys. And homegirl has toys that makes noise all over the place. Like, I mean, some of the things that I said were just like silly. Um, You never know how you're going to be until you're in it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then like every child is not the same. So like you can't say you're going to raise your child this way until you have that child because they might be like Palmer and be very stubborn you know <laughs> yeah. and be very vocal about how they feel so the kids falling out of the store oh my child would never here go Palmer you're gonna learn today mom you're gonna learn today 
Nice. Does she act like, uh, does she act like you, Sam? Yes. <laughs> yep. I don't see it. She don't she look like her, act like her, all of that. No, she's all a of lot. That. She's, homegirl is very determined and you? she's um, a little bit more stubborn. You, I'm stubborn? <laughs> what? No, baby. Not at all. Oh my gosh. Not whatever. at all. <laughs> but she is also the sweetest little girl oh my goodness she is so sweet she will come if she sees anybody that's sad she will come give you a hug Mm -hmm. she loves pets she she's just the sweetest little girl but she she'd be sour sometimes too i call her my little sour patch i feel like that's you she's like you you can be so nice people think you mean a lot of people a lot of people think she's mean when they first like you got the resting the resting bee face (laughs) she does (laughs) Yeah. That's how I, I think I kind of like that about you <laughs> no but um yeah but like once that those layers are peeled like you're very sweet very caring very thoughtful and I feel like she's she's like that you know yeah. she's gotta open up you know? yeah that, yeah I will say that for sure mm-hmm. that's awesome and uh so Jess have you had any um how's your how's your bond been with uh Palmer in terms of you know I think I know it doesn't matter because I'm, you know, I, yeah. I'm technically in your position in terms of our kids because the biological thing didn't really make a difference for me. But for yeah. my wife, she was like, no, like we need to be able to control half these genetics. Like I'll, we need to know what half this kid is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any concerns about like not being biologically related to them. But for you, have you um, had any challenges or what was your thought process kind of in the beginning thinking about that part? Um, I feel like I didn't have any, um, like reservations or like fears about her not being biologically mine. Like my sister's adopted. So like, I'm open to all of that, you know? Um, but I did, I was very intentional about creating space for just me and her to connect and bond and whatnot. Um, just so she can like, know, you know, I'm mama at the end of the day, no matter what. Um, she'd be jealous sometimes because that's my girl, honey. She'd be <laughs> hating. She'd be hating so hard sometimes. I'm like, I carry you for nine months. I'd be gone for like five hours. I come back home and she, I get nothing. She'd be gone for 10 minutes. She come through the door. Mama, mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah. no, but I just that's was intentional. <laughs> just being intentional about like spending time and stuff like that at the end of the day, you yeah. know? yeah yeah are you guys able to still I know COVID kind of restricts it a little bit but do you still have time for like your relationship and and like the balance of being a new parents but still kind of maintaining the relationship it's our we have to be very intentional about making that time like we've literally been talking about that a lot lately yes because like we've noticed like we need more one-on-one time like without having to worry about a baby on the monitor or like, you know, just mm-hmm. time where we can kick it. Like we've literally only had two times since she's been born. Our anniversary, mm-hmm. we did an overnight and she stayed with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this yep. past weekend, we stayed, oh, yeah. we went out. We went out to with just yeah. us, I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's literally been it the whole time. But like, we'll make, we'll try to like do things like, upstairs like as far away from her room as possible you know like do little mini dates in home and stuff like that to create that time Mm -hmm. but 
Yeah. And it's much more different now, especially like with her being older and she's more active mm-hmm. and, you know, when she was younger, she wasn't really doing much. So it was easy for us. Oh, she, she sleep. Let's Put go chill. Let's go watch a show or something. Let's spend some time together. But now it's like, man, she wears us out. Yeah. And we'd be like, oh, we need some time apart. But then again, we like, we need to be together too. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I feel it. Yeah. All right. So you have a clothing brand. <laughs> I do. Say- and a, and a toddler, so I, I understand. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, but how, how'd you get it started? And you also, uh, the basketball league. Yeah. Um, supporting the basketball league, heavy into to promoting that and, and kind of keeping that going. But uh, talk about the clothing brand. Um, so, ooh, favor over odds. I think, I don't know. Very good quality t-shirt, by the way. I'm yes, glad I like know. this. This is an American, American apparel uh, vibe going on. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you like it. <laughs> but that was that was important to me but um yeah. I don't know I just I'm I'm I have I like words right um but like I know your words have power and I wanted to create something that you know was simple but meant a lot you know what I'm saying like to to wear that favor over odds message on your chest it you know I was hoping that it would create a mentality for other people that, you know, no matter what is stacked against me, I'm still favored. I can still succeed. I can still be that. And at the time I was speaking to myself because um, like, yes, I'm with the basketball league now, but I was a, a women's basketball coach. That was my passion. And since I left doing that in 2017, um, I've been kind of floating and like, you know, feeling like, things were stacked against me um and I'm not able to get back into that space so when I created that you know I just wanted to share a message with people with the people that are like me like with the LGBT uh mm-hmm. part of the line that I released you know um you're blessed no matter what you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying just wanting to motivate others yeah in, no. in some kind of way no I love it it's it's, it's important because your words do have power and if you're gonna wear Gucci why not wear why not wear rods? Yeah. <laughs> why not right um that's great so i'm not gonna keep you guys too long we've we reached the end but before we go i always ask what advice do you have to young kids black queer kids going through their own journey at the end of the day be you and don't be afraid of what anybody thinks because it's not your life that you're living for you're living for your life so you're not living for their life you're not living for their life you're living for your life so just you know authentically be you yeah I would say um trust your journey um you will see references from all over on the internet YouTube whatever um nobody's journey is the same so what it looks like for others it might not 100% replicate that for you but just trust that you know the path that you're on is truly yours and nobody can be you better than you at the end of the day um no matter what your mama says your your you know stuck up cousin or whatever says like be you walk in your purpose um and you'll find happiness at the end of the day yeah awesome man well (laughs) We've reached the end. 
uh, thank you so much to the Paces for coming on. Y'all can catch you. them on thank IG, YouTube, uh, follow their journey, follow their family, subscribe to all of their TikTok dances. Y'all crazy on TikTok too, actually. I, yeah, I see y'all, y'all see y'all be dancing. And <laughs> Sam, Sam kind of be in the cut like, okay, Jessica. Like she want me to do another one. Right. Oh <laughs> my God. Like, <laughs> catch them on all social media. This has been another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'll catch y'all on the next one.